of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrand. I'm Jess Rubenstein. I'm still on cloud nine. Thank you, UMass. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The NHL trade deadline is looming near and the competition is fiercer than ever. And with great hockey comes the chance for you to win some money while you watch. Because Bet Online has lines, spreads, and props on every game this season, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether it's the NHL, international hockey, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we'll talk about the National Championship College Year-End Awards, the passing of a beloved head coach, and the hiring of a new one. But first, Jess, I can't believe it. We made it to episode 50. We started the show last March with no idea where it would go, and we've made it all the way here. Well, thank you, people. Those of you who like to come on, check us out. This is for you guys. I mean, thank you very much for your support, your love. I've been writing for such a long time, transitioning to a podcast. I thought that, you know, at the beginning I was crazy, but this is actually more fun than I've ever had covering, you know, prospect hockey. As you guys can tell, I'm a little really super hyped. Not only for 50, but for everything else that's going on. I couldn't have predicted that this show would be where it's at right now. We started doing this show, and if you go back and listen to the first few episodes, one of the biggest stories to talk about was the fact that the NCAA lowered SAT scores for incoming athletes. And that was big news at the time, because there was absolutely nothing going on with the world shut down. But since then, on this show, we've had the chance to hang out with authors, scouts, broadcasters, players, coaches, you name it. I've gotten to meet some really cool people, people that I would know without doing this show. So Jess, thank you for taking this ride with me. Thank you to everyone who's joined us on the show. And most importantly, like Jess said, thank you to everyone listening at home because this show isn't possible without you guys. It ain't possible without you, Luke, because without your expertise putting the show together, you know, I come here, all I do is just talk. But what people don't know is Luke does the hard work. He does the heavy lifting. So thank you, Luke, for being the smarter half of this partnership. We're not as good if it wasn't for you. I appreciate that, Jess. But Jess, I want to get right to the big story that we have up first because it's a story all about your guys. We have a new national champion today. That's the UMass Minutemen. They took down St. Cloud State 5-zip in Pittsburgh to take home their first national championship. Five goals by five different players. Aaron Bowen Reed Lebster, Philip Laganoff, St. Louis draft pick Matthew Kessel, and Bobby Trevino. Those to pair with a 25-save shutout by Minnesota draft pick Philip Lindbergh was enough to seal the deal for coach Greg Carvel and his team to capture the win. Jess, this is your team, so I want it all, man. How does it feel to have your first national championship? I gotta admit, I didn't think they were gonna win this game. I thought that, you know, playing Minnesota Duluth the other night, overtime... And Duluth, give Duluth some real serious credit. They were pounding on these kids. And I honestly felt that St. Cloud was going to go beat on UMass. I really didn't think. But a 5 nothing shutout, I feel sorry for St. Cloud because they had such a run. It all fell apart for them. It's kind of sad to see that happen. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie. I went to UMass. I'm one class short of my degree, so I can't call myself alumni yet. 
But I think Greg Carvel did such a magnificent job. These guys, they came together after the loss last year and being heartbroken last year to come back and win this game. Five guys, five goals. Lindbergh, who was stuck in a hotel for almost a week, no, over a week because of the COVID, comes back, drives to Pittsburgh, throws a shutout, becomes the first European to ever win a national championship in college hockey. Kudos to College Hockey News for reporting that fact. I didn't know that myself, but at the same time, I'm sad too because I think there's a lot of people who are going to be leaving UMass because as you see, you know, we got to transition to the rest of the college hockey. A lot of guys are are just walking away as sophomores and jumping to the pros. UMass, they're lucky. They got to last this long, but I think there's going to be a heavy loss to every college program because this COVID thing is leaving people to leave their programs. The whole Frozen Four itself was fantastic. I got a bit unlucky, Jess. I was flying home from Florida on Thursday, and my flight was preparing to board literal seconds before St. Cloud took the lead. And then I got on the plane. I see they have ESPN2, so I think I'm all set to watch the second game. And then we take off, and the TVs go down for most of the flight. So thank God my Uber got home in time for me to see overtime, because I would have been livid. But last night, we get to the national championship after both teams earn their spot after two really tight semifinal games. And after those first two goals, I would have been comfortable calling it. And then Philip Laganoff scored a goal that earned him the number three spot in SportsCenter's top ten this morning. They played the perfect game. The offense gelled. Their defense was great. But how could they not be with guys like Del Gaizo, Jones, Kessel back there? It was the perfect game for them. I said it last week. I tweeted it last night. And I'll say it again. The UMass Minutemen matched up in every game this tournament against a hot team. And they put an end to all four of them. So congrats to St. Cloud for making it this far, especially losing their leading scorer, and for putting up a fight. But hats off to UMass on a great season and a phenomenal final game. And you know what? The NC2A gets trashed a lot for what they do. I know I am one of the biggest critics of the NC2A, but kudos to them for putting on what a great Frozen Four they did. This was one of the best Frozen Fours I have ever seen. And I'm not saying that because my team won. I'm saying that because you go back through this entire tournament and the criticism the NC2A received, including from this guy right here who's talking. I wasn't happy with who made the tournament, but man, I got to give the NC2A some serious credit. This was probably one of the best Frozen Fours of all time. Again, I please, I'm not saying that because I'm a UMass man. I'm saying it as a hockey fan. This was great hockey. St. Cloud in the semis, knocking off everybody. Nobody thought that they were going to do this. UMass bouncing back from such a up and down season for them. This is probably the best Frozen Four I've ever seen. Jess, we also had the NCAA year-end awards handed out the other day. Let's start with the All-American first and second teams for the East and West. In the East, the first team is made up of forwards Matt Boldy, Bobby Trevino, and Odin Tufto, defenseman Brennan Kapchek and David Ferentz, and goalie Spencer Knight. The second team are forwards Johnny Evans, Will Caverly, and Colin Bielek, defenseman Zach Jones and Drew Hellison, and goalie Trevin Kozlowski. 
Out West, the first-team awards go to forward Sam Paranta, Shane Pinto, and Cole Caulfield, defenseman Ken York and Ronnie Attard, and goalie Jack LaFontaine. The second team is made up of forwards Linus Weisbach, Jordan Kawaguchi, and Dylan Holloway, defenseman Jackson Lacombe and Matt Kierstead, and goalie Dryden McKay. Then the individual awards first up Rookie of the Year went to Michigan's Thomas Borderlow, the Mike Richter Goalie of the Year award went to Jack LaFontaine, and the Hobie Baker award went to, you guessed it, Cole Caulfield. So there's your lineup of awards night. What do you think of the winners, Jess? It's a bright day. I mean, you got Kapchik from American International making the first team. A guy from Army? Are you kidding me? Trevin Kozlowski, second team. Well-deserved, RIT got on there. This was a victory, not for the big programs, but for the little guys. I can't argue with any of these, any of these names. This was a really good lineup. All of these guys deserve to be pro contract offered. Probably one of the best all-star teams that you could come up with if you were a college hockey fan. Yeah, super cool to see guys like Colin Bielek make the second team. Army scratched and clawed this year, worked hard and made their way up the ranks. Army has definitely earned the right to have some guys represented here. Out West on that first team is so stacked. Telling me Dylan Holloway couldn't make it on the first team out East, I think he would be a shoo-in. All of these guys on the first and second teams played absolutely incredible this season. They all earned their spot. For Rookie of the Year, I think it was a battle of the Michigan kids. Borderlow was the clear winner with a 30-point season, but let's be real. With a team that had Borderlow, Beneers, Power, and Johnson, a Wolverine was always walking out Rookie of the Year. LaFontaine winning the Goalie of the Year, I don't hate it. Hobie voting takes place after voting for the Richter Award, so for anyone at home wondering how McKay can be a Hobie finalist but not the Richter Award winner, that's how. I honestly would have expected this to go to Spencer Knight, but Jack LaFontaine was so good this year, and his stat line next to Knight's are very close together. And Cole Caulfield, I mean, come on. He had this award locked up in January. Oh, yeah. This was his to lose a long time ago. He never let up. Far and away the best player in college hockey this year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The committee made the right call on this one. And then the kid goes out and, 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 and scores in his debut. Are you kidding me? Caulfield? It's not a matter of if he's an NHL player. It's a matter of when he's going to be up there. I can't see him playing in Lavelle for really long. I mean, I think after Monday when the NHL trade deadline ends and the roster numbers can change, I think you got to really seriously consider giving Caulfield a shot in the NHL. I think we'll see him in the NHL before the end of the year. There's also the Derek Hines Unsung Hero Award. It's given out by the HCA, best sportsmanship, competitive, intelligent, and unbelievable work ethic. That goes to Josh Cossack of Union, and it's a well-deserved honor. It's named after a four-year letter winner at Army, Derek Hines, who played for Army for four seasons, but he was killed in action serving America in Afghanistan in 2005. So kudos to Cossack. I can see him leaving union and going to the pros too before we get to our next story we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode just live 
With everything happening in the world, it's very easy to feel stressed or lose sleep, and that's why Just Live released their new line of CBD gummies. They have six different flavors and functions. They're vegan and sugar-free, and they're great if you need support in different areas of your life. Just Live was even founded by Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez, so you don't have to just take my word for it. Right now, you can buy one, get one free of the new gummies line with the code support at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code support. Jess, we've got a lot of coaching news, some good and some very sad. We'll start with the good, and that's Rico Blasi named the first head coach in Division I history for St. Thomas Hockey. The former Miami, Ohio coach has 20 years experience. He was behind the bench in that 9 National Championship game. Jess, I know you're a fan, so how do you think this breaks down for St. Thomas? I think it's a great move by St. Thomas. They have to sit out five years. They can't make the NC2As for five years, making the jump from Division Three to Division One. But this is the right guy that's going to upgrade their program. He didn't have a great ending at Miami, but he made Miami of Ohio a legit NC2A power. I think he's going to do the same thing as St. Thomas. He's a smart coach. He's an excellent recruiter. So St. Thomas, knock on wood, man, you got yourselves a great coach. I'm a big fan of his. He's going to make that program work. And they're going to join the WCHA. So that's going to really help. St. Thomas make the transition from Division Three to Division One. Miami, Ohio has always been such a competitive team. They've never been phenomenal like a North Dakota or a BC or those other powerhouses that we're used to in the NCAA Division One. But Blasey's got such a great story behind him. He's a first-generation American. His dad was, I believe, a carpenter, and his mother was a seamstress. He goes on to be a legendary coach at Miami, Ohio. And I think a lot of pressure's going to be on St. Thomas because we saw how great LIU performed in their first season. Obviously, they didn't knock the bricks off anyone, but they've really exceeded expectations in their first season, and they've got a long way to go. And a guy like Blasey might be the perfect guy for them to help be competitive, meet those expectations, and kind of take this team into the future because we're going to expect a lot out of St. Thomas when they start that first season. And I think Blasey might be their guy. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely their guy. Smart coach, excellent recruiter. He's going to get guys. They're in Minnesota. They're in Minneapolis, downtown Twin Cities, Minnesota. They've got already some drawing power to recruit players from the, you know, the Minnesota area. As it is, they're known already. If you really know Division Three hockey, you know St. Thomas. This is a move. That isn't surprising. If you liked what LIU did coming from scratch, then you're really going to enjoy St. Thomas when they join the program next year. David Broad, he's the coach at Holy Cross. He stepped down because he wants to explore new opportunities. Read that is uh, somebody wants him. And I don't know who it is right yet, but he's a very good coach. Ignore the record. I mean, Holy Cross in the Atlantic hockey, it's really hard to recruit. But, you know, he's a solid guy. He went to Providence. So I can see him coaching at the Hockey East. If you don't know who David Biard is, well, uh, I can tell you right now, he's daddy of Brett, who played on the under-20 team, Ranger draft pick. His youngest son, Brady, is a forward for USNT DP under-17. He's even better than his older brother. You wait to see Brady make his move for, for the college hockey, he's going to be a super stud. Chris Marriott, who is the assistant at Michigan, 
He's been named the new head coach at Colorado College. He's only 38. He's been the assistant at Michigan for the last couple of years. He was with Nate Lehman up at Providence. He was with Greg Carvel at St. Lawrence. This isn't just any rookie. This is a smart man, a young man, 38. He's going to help Colorado College reestablish itself. Mike Haviland stepped down after seven years. So Marriott's going to have big shoes to fill. Colorado College is falling on some really hard times. He's got a big job to do, and I think he can do it. Jess, we also got some really sad news to report here. The University of Maine lost their head coach, Red Gendron, who passed away at the age of 63 on Friday. Gendron had been the head coach of Maine since 2013 and accumulated 103 wins over his eight-season tenure. Gendron coached at many different levels over his 30-year career, including the NHL, AHL, NCAA, and USNTDP. He was a part of the 1995 New Jersey Devils staff that won the Stanley Cup. He was also an assistant coach on the 1993 National Champion Maine Black Bears and an associate head coach on the 2013 National Champion Yale Bulldogs. So, Jess, this is a terrible loss for the college hockey community. Do you have any words on Coach Gendron? Oh, man. You know, um, when I was covering Ranger prospects early, I got a chance to talk with him. I only got to talk to him a couple of times, but he's quite a character. I think if he wasn't a hockey coach, he would have been a golf pro because this is a guy that walked around with a a hockey stick in one hand and a golf club in another. Class, class, act. What a character. My sympathies go out to his family. You know, I'm 62, he's 63, so it affects me big time when you see a guy like that. It's really sad because Maine would have made the NC2A for the first time ever, if not for COVID. And I'm really sorry for that program to lose such a great guy, an honest man. He sent a lot of guys to the pros, but when he sent them to the pros, he made sure they knew their journey was just beginning, and he kept everybody firmly on the ground. You know, nobody got big heads with him. He was a teacher. He's a recruiter, and the best thing about him was his graduation rate which was one of the top ones in Hockey East. He was always graduating 90% plus. And to me, that's the true mark of a hockey coach. You know, it's not the guys you send to the pros. It's how many guys who come there and graduate. They walk away with that piece of paper. We keep forgetting this is college hockey. Keyword, college. Guys go there who don't get that pro contract. They walk away with that piece of paper. So to me, that's a greater accomplishment. It's a tremendous loss, and I think it's a huge loss for, for Maine. I don't see them recovering right away. I don't have much experience with Coach Gendron other than seeing his work behind the bench, but it's so great seeing the outpouring of love for Maine and for the fans of the team. Friend of the show, Pat Shea, played four years under Coach Gendron, and hearing what he had to say put in perspective how great of a person he was. He spent... Most of his career working with the young guys, giving back to the game. He even had the opportunity to come back and be a head coach for the Black Bears after being a part of that championship team. I saw online the other day Ed Trailmax, who does the Behind the Cage podcast with Pat Shea. He shared a quote that Red used to say that was, My job is that when you leave college hockey, you are not only a better hockey player, you are a better person. And I think that's a great way to go through life and a good message for everyone to think about. So our thoughts are with Coach Red's family the main Black Bears, and the rest of the college hockey world on losing a great coach and an even better man. 
I was talking with my friend, shout out to Matt Schindler, talking about doing this 50th episode. He wanted me to ask the question for the two of us to answer. Now with all these guys signing their pro contracts, going on to the pro level, who is our pick for who's going to be the most exciting player in the NCAA going forward? Oh, man, that's a tease, man. That's a toughie. I like Botero, Thomas Botero, who was a rookie of the year for the HCA. His teammate, Owen Power, was uh, named by College Hockey News. Shout out to those guys. Botero was the second-round pick of San Jose. He led Michigan with eight goals, 22 assists. I think Michigan is going to be the program on the rise. They had a lot of good freshmen who showed up and made some fantastic players. You know, it's a shame because a lot of the guys that left college were sophomores. There's going to be a lot of shuffling, you know. Notre Dame lost uh, Dylan St. Clair, who's going to somebody's certain school. Notre Dame pretty much steals from Cornell. Matthew Gaeta. You're going to see some talent coming in. Zach Tupper and his brother. They're both sophomores. They're going to be exciting guys to watch for Cornell. Well, there's a lot of people. It's going to be who stays. I mean, there's a big hole in a lot of it. I mean, pretty much Caulfield and Pinto, they jumped to the pros before the Hobie was announced. How many guys lost players? It should be the better question. Boston College lost four sophomores. They lost uh, Spencer Knight, Matt Bodie. Alex Newhook and Mike Hardrin. I mean, you're talking about, wow, why don't we just cut off the head and legs of Boston College? Yes, yeah, so many guys who had such incredible seasons this year, Jeff. They signed pro regardless of what year they are, senior, junior, sophomore. We saw so many people sign that pro contract. And like you said before, the transfer portal has been incredibly busy so far. So many guys switching spots. One of my picks, if I pick someone who's a veteran guy, someone who's a little bit older, I just saw that Brandon Cruz transferred from Bowling Green to Boston College. Man, he was so incredible this year for Bowling Green. Him and Connor Ford absolutely carried the team. Connor Ford is on the move as well, but I think Brandon Cruz is going to slot in great at Boston College, and you were talking about the young guys at Michigan, the guys who are going to be super exciting. You got Owen Power, like you mentioned. You got Kent Johnson. You got Luke Hughes is coming in this next year. But one guy you didn't mention, Jess, Matty Beneers. Oh! Guy who might be the number one overall pick, depending on who gets that pick with the draft lottery. He is going to be an absolutely incredible talent. He was right up there in terms of freshmen in top points at Michigan. Absolutely incredible talent. We saw him play at World Juniors this past year, too. If you're looking for a young guy who's going to be an electric factory, I think my pick has to be Matty Beneers. Oh, shame on me. (laughs) Oh, man. Beneers is going to be awesome. Nowadays, it's going to be... Who survives COVID? Michigan, they fell out this year because of COVID. I think they would have been a really good team in the NC2As if not for what happened to COVID. Michigan might be the team next year starting the season off. If I'm a Michigan fan, I'm knocking on wood going, yeah, we got a team next year. I don't know how UMass is going to survive their own. I know Zach Jones keeps saying I'm coming back for my junior season. I hope the Rangers leave him there. Don't sign him. But he's actually ready. Kessel at UMass also. I can't see Philip Lindbergh. I just can't see him staying at UMass. They're going to lose some guys to the pros. I think St. Cloud is going to lose a couple of guys to the pros, especially after the season they had. I think the lure of money is just too good. It's a reality of the world. I mean, 
COVID is changing how people think. And so I think we're going to see a mass defection from guys playing college hockey because unlike the Canadian juniors, you can go at 18 or 19 right to the AHL. You don't have to wait until you're 20. I think over the next few days, a lot of people are going to be surprised at how many people bolt for the pros. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jets, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening to the 50th episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. I'm Jess Rubenstein. I want to say thank you to all of you who have listened to us. I want to thank you to everybody who came on our show and talked with us. You know, we've had a rough year to start this. We've dealt with COVID. Hopefully we're on the end run. Please stay safe. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us for the past 50. We hope to see you next time. 